Welcome to another podcast of The Apologist Bookshelf. Hi, I'm Gary Zacharias. I want to look at a, a pretty new book this time. It's called How Not to Read the Bible. Not is in parentheses. How Not to Read the Bible by Dan Kimball, who is the author of several books having to do with leadership and church and culture. And uh, I like some of the comments on the back page by people who've read it. A Thoughtful Guide for Reading the Problematic Parts of the Bible. If you're struggling to make moral sense of the Bible or know someone who is, this book is for you. And uh, somebody else said it's a really good book for people who have genuine and difficult questions about the Bible. And um, you know what he's uh, finding out or talking about? Hi, welcome to another podcast of The Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I want to tackle a pretty new book this time. It's called How Not to Read the Bible, parentheses, How Not to read the Bible by Dan Kimball, who's an author and he's on staff at a church. And um, I'd really like the comments people made about this book. Somebody said it's a thoughtful guide for reading the problematic parts of the Bible. Another person said, give it to anybody who's got genuine and difficult questions about the Bible. You know, in the old days, people looked at the Bible and they may not have believed it, but they respected it. I mean, it was called the good book, you know, it was a moral book or it was a religious book and it taught people good things but you know in the last 20 30 years or so now people are suspicious of the bible and many argue that it's outdated and actually harmful and then they throw these ideas at christians who are caught flat-footed so dan kimball is using this book to give us a step-by-step -step guide on how to make sense of difficult and disturbing bible passages and it's, it's done very well it's done very modern and hip so it's fun to read as well. Um, let me give you an example of some of the topics here that he covers. Things like never read a Bible verse. Now that's an interesting phrase because it sounds like he's saying don't ever read the Bible. That's not what he says. Never read a Bible verse. Greg Kokel says the same thing. You know, look for context. And then he's got a section called Stranger Things, like you know, shrimp and slavery and the skin of a dead pig. Gives you kind of a clue where he's going with that. It's the Old Testament. And then is the Bible anti-woman? Does it promote misogyny? That's a big one these days. How about this one? <laughs> Jesus riding a dinosaur. Do we have to choose between science and the Bible? How about this one? I, I love these titles. My God can beat up your God. Does Christianity claim all other religions are wrong? And then, of course, the key there that I've heard over and over again is the violence. The Old Testament God was a God of violence. So he has a section on God's Old Testament violence. So I'm going to pick just a chapter, as you can guess. By the way, I like uh, his subtitle, Making Sense of the Anti-Women, Anti-Science, Pro-Violence, Pro-Slavery, and Other Crazy-Sounding Parts of Scripture. So how not to read the Bible. But remember, the not is in parentheses. So I'm going to pick up in chapter 4 called Strange and Stranger Things in the Old Testament. And he starts with a reference to the West Wing television show. And you've got, uh, I've seen that episode that he's talking about. The president has a Christian radio host who's there to visit along with some other people. And he turns on her and he just rips into, not really her, he rips into the Bible. And he, he recites Bible verses, and he concludes with a confident speech to a room full of people. So, for example, he says something like this. I'm interested in selling my youngest daughter into slavery. It's in Exodus 
She's a Georgetown sophomore, speaks fluent Italian, always clean the table when it's her turn. What would be a good price for her? So you think, oh, does the Bible condone selling your daughter into slavery? Well, Exodus 21.7 says if a man sells his daughter as a servant, she's not to go free as male servants do. Whoa, there seems to be a lot of slavery things in there. Then he says, um, hey, here's one that's important. He says, he quotes Levit Leviticus 11.7. And it talks about not touching, uh, well, I'll read it, Leviticus 11.7. And the pig, though it has a divided hoof, does not chew the cud. It's unclean. You must not eat their meat or touch their carcasses. He says, well, here's one that's really important because we've got a lot of sports fans in this town. Touching the skin of a dead pig makes one unclean. If they promise to wear gloves, can the Washington football team still play football? Can Notre Dame? Can West Point? Ooh. And then, of course, there's references to different kinds of crops in the Bible. There are references to wearing garments made from two different threads. And so the whole scene ends, as you watch that show, the Bible looks stupid. It looks primitive. It looks disturbing. Well, Dan Kimball isn't done. He says, here's another strange Bible law. Leviticus 11.9 says, talks about the shrimp. And you're not supposed to eat shrimp. You're supposed to regard it as, as unclean. So stay away from the shrimp. God hates shrimp. Does that sound weird? Yeah. And he makes kind of a list of what he's been covering so far what you can't do, what you can't eat. Here are the prohibitions. Eating shrimp or lobster, eating pork, blending two types of fabrics, getting a tattoo, not getting rounded haircuts. And you go, what? What is going on? So he says, I think the Bible is true. That's going to be his starting point. He said, verses like this seem to approve of slavery and polygamy and killing birds to kill mold bloody rituals, all sorts of violence, killing people and animals. He said, this looks pretty off-putting. But he says, remember, never read a Bible verse. So then he starts in on the next chapter where he's going to try to pull us apart and give us an idea of what's going on here. He says, we need to look at what's happening in these early Old Testament books like Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy. What was going on? So he said, don't read a Bible verse. Let's remember the Bible was written for us, but not to us. He mentioned that in an earlier chapter. That's worth repeating. The Bible was written for us, but not to us. So who were these Bible verses written to? Some of these early chapters in the Bible? The ancient Israelites. So we're talking something like 3,500 years ago. And the books of Exodus Leviticus, for example, are written after God got them out of their slavery in Egypt, got their freedom. They'd lived in a land for a long time, something like four centuries in Egypt. They had different gods and goddesses being worshipped. And now they're out of there. They're heading to the new land. And then they encounter all sorts of surrounding people groups who worship other gods and goddesses. They practiced all sorts of evil things, uh, degrading sexual rights, family members that were prostitutes, offering of child sacrifice. So God did not want Israel to become like these other countries. He didn't want them making their lives, uh, looking as a, for examples to these other people who worshiped and followed other gods. And so these first five books of the Bible from, for Moses are used to teach the children that it was God who created everything, not the gods of Egypt or these other gods. And God's idea is to make these people distinct, make them holy, I mean, the word holy just means set apart, separated, kept away from the false 
worship, kept away from the evil of the neighboring nations. So here's God speaking into their ancient world and instructing them with codes of wisdom for them to know what it was like to live as separate people under the rulership of God. So he warns them over and over again in the Old Testament, don't compromise, don't become like the people that live around you. So now he begins to go verse by verse as far as some of these things that seem kind of goofy on the surface. So what about planting two types of crops together? Or you can't wear two fabrics that are sewn together. He says the book of Leviticus is actually where you find a lot of these strange verses, but that book was pretty much a manual, instruction manual for the priests and the people. Why is he telling them not to mix things? Because, here's the key takeaway, God wants them to remain holy, set apart from the people around them. And apparently, says some scholars believe that the Canaanites had a magical practice of wedding different seeds together to have offspring in an attempt to have fertile crops. And so the idea of not mixing seeds or animals or materials are to make sure the Israelites didn't imitate the fertility cult practices of the Canaanites. Okay, so they were requiring people to be distinguished from the people around them. They were supposed to have a distinct identity. So God's providing a foundation and a structure to make these people different. They were not to mimic, they were not to imitate people around them. And by the way, we aren't bound by these laws. That's a separate chapter in this book, so I, I won't talk about it much here, but this is the key thing. Christians are not bound by these Old Testament laws. Well, what about shrimp and touching a pigskin and cooking a goat in its mother's milk? What's going on here? Kimball says what, what these are are dietary laws and restrictions between clean and unclean animals. And he says well, one possible reason is just health. He says think about the shrimp. They, they're filter feeders, right? They're on the bottom there and they will eat live bacteria if eaten uncooked. And same thing for pork and several other meats. If you don't cook them well, you're going to get sick. But he says, you know, it's probably more than just healthful living. God gave those dietary laws to reinforce that same concept. Keep the people distinct from other people groups. And one way to do that is make their diet distinct. So you would, in a sense, identify your own ethnicity and your religious affiliation by what you ate. Well, then they got this weird one about it's in uh, Exodus and Deuteronomy. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. What? Well, there's one theory that might be referring to a Canaanite custom of boiling a kid goat in its mother's milk as part of a ritual, a worship ritual. It's like a, a lucky fertility charm. Well, that's not good. You don't want your people to be participating in a Canaanite fertility worship. The other thing maybe going on there is that God wants the Israelites to keep the opposites of life and death distinct. Here's a mother's milk. That's life-sustaining, but don't use it to flavor a young animal after its death. Another possibility is that a goat is an animal that God chose for the Israelites to do as a part of their atonement. Okay, so some believe the practice itself was morally wrong, involved taking the milk God intended to give life to the animal, instead using it to kill the goat. So what looks pretty bizarre to us would actually have been very significant to an ancient Israelite. And again, Kimball points out, we are now in a post-Jesus time. We are no longer under the laws of the Israelites. Well, what about this stuff about don't touch the skin of a dead pig? 
Well, pigs were part of rituals for the religions in that time period. They were closely tied to gods of the netherworld. So there goes that one. And again, Kimball says these laws don't apply to us any longer. They never did. They were meant for a specific group of people in a specific place for a specific time period that's long ended. So if you're trying to mock the Bible's validity for people saying, oh, you can't really believe that, can you? It means they really don't understand what the Bible is saying. These verses don't apply to followers of Jesus today. But it says they can be kind of convincing to a lot of different people. So what are some other really strange things? He said, well, I didn't even get to some of these. It says you're not supposed to cut your hair on the sides of your head. You're not supposed to eat fat. You're not supposed to curse your parents. And on and on. He says each of these verses has a backstory and a clear reason. So he's going to give just an example or so. All right? So he's not going to cover all these things. But he says, he says, I'm going to close with a popular verse that affects many people today. Don't get a tattoo. That's Leviticus 19.28. Here's what the whole verse says. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. So he says, this is not putting down contemporary tattooing, putting ink under the skin for some images. Today's tattoos, you know, it's, it's art. And they're done for creative expression. That's not what Leviticus was talking about. God was keeping the people from participating in religious practices of these neighboring Canaanites, who are pretty awful people. They would slash their bodies and mark them with branding or ink for ritualistic purposes. That was worshiping their gods. That's why they did it. Tattooing the marking the body was a right to honor their gods and the dead. So God said, don't do that. You're worshiping false deities, so don't mess with that. Of course, today, tattoos don't have anything to do with that. There's no restriction on that. So, he ends up the chapter by saying, uh, watch out when you start cherry picking, right? You're, you're picking out little verses here and there. He says, now we're going to have to do some strategic cherry picking. And then he goes on to the next chapter about why do we follow some commands and not others? That's chapter six. I will skip that. Uh, maybe I'll come back to it. I got so many other books I'd like to share with you, but I hope that makes sense that don't read a Bible verse. Know the context. Know some of the history. Turn to people like Kimball. He'll give you all sorts of support here. So this is a great book. I would highly recommend I guess I highly recommend everything I have you read. But uh, a good book. Greg Kokel talks about it. He said, Dan Kimball answers tough questions with both clarity and sympathy for those who struggle with them. He says he has struggled with a strange book called the Bible. And in this book, Kimball describes how to resolve those doubts. And I think it's a wonderful book, um, powerful, because we're hearing, and you're going to hear this more and more, that the Bible is not just wrong, it's not just out of date, but it's dangerous and it's goofy, it's weird, it makes no sense, and people try to mock it. But if we knew more about it, we could stand up to these attacks. Okay, so that book is called How Not to Read the Bible. The Not is in parentheses. Author is Dan Kimball, K-I-M-B-A-L-L. -L. Hope you have a chance to read it and uh, talk to you next time.